0: Warning, the following podcast contains graphic violence, coarse language, adult themes, and nudity, and other content that some listeners may find triggering. Triggering. Trigger me one, trigger me two, trigger me what you'd like to do. Trigger me three, trigger me four, trigger me ten, I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timber.
1: Trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers. Welcome to my bedroom. Ah, thank you very much,
0: Phil. Thanks for having me. No worries. And welcome to Trigger Me Timbers. Oh, yes, our favourite podcast that brings you the latest in shocking, startling, otherwise triggering news. Yes.
1: Henry, welcome. My dog Henry, is a big brown Ridgeback. Welcome, Henry. You want to sing? Give me your little song? <laughs>
0: That's a good boy. What a good boy. <laughs>
1: what a good boy. Anyway, um, I have some freaking awesome articles that are going to piss you off today. Excellent. And therefore, Excellent. put me to sleep soundly tonight.
0: Before we get into the articles, uh, I think we need to say a huge thank you to our good friend Ben Cumming, also known as Becoming. Cumming, the artist, uh, hit him up on, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, for recording our theme song. Mm, beautiful voice. Beautiful Guitar, beautiful. The catchiest, yeah, catchiest catchy. song ever. I've been Can't getting incredible it. feedback from from our listeners about how how groovy that song is and how it's been stuck in their head. Myself included. Mm. So huge shout out to Ben. Thank you so much. Um, all right, who oh. wants to start today? Do you have something good for me? Yes. Yeah. All right, ruin my day. All right, I'm going to ruin your day. Are you ready? Yeah. So the first first article I have for you here is from CNN. Title of the article is. A woman lied on her resume to land a $270,000 a year job. Now she's going to jail.
1: Okay, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on the lie. I mean, if she just catfished with a good photo, maybe she...
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Photo you... resume, oh, fuck it. Funny you that. should say that. <laughs> uh, I'll get to that later. Yeah, but continue, please. First instinct is quite spot on there. So, basically, we've got this uh, this lady called Veronica Hilda Therolt. She's a 46-year-old, and she's just been convicted of deception, dishonesty, and abuse of public office um, because her 2017 application to the position of Chief Information Officer at the South Australian Department of Premier and Cabinet uh, turned out to be faulty. Um, Huge. Yeah. So, her annual salary was $270,000. Um, Huge. The the so yeah the court the court basically found that um, in applying for the job she gave a fraudulent resume to the department and lied uh, about her previous education and employment history uh, and the lies don't stop there um, this gets more and more outrageous and hilarious uh, I think anyway not only did she lie on her resume she was granted an interview. Um, then as part of this interview process, uh, of course they checked up on her referees. Hmm. Uh, it turns out that she posed as her own referee. Okay. That's getting full dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you may not be surprised to hear that she gave herself glowing feedback, uh, in the referee report about herself. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter. I mean, cause you can just have
1: like a family member or a friend do it for you and like
0: lie in- anyway, you know? That's it's true, that's true. Um, but yeah, who better than yourself yeah, to, than to than give yourself. yourself a good referee <laughs> report. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as, as you'd hinted at, uh, there was also an issue with her, um, her LinkedIn profile photo. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the lies didn't end there. And it turns out that she actually used a photo of supermodel Kate Upton yeah, in her huge. LinkedIn I'd hire her, I suppose. No, that's a
1: bad comment. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> what a dickhead. What did she think was going to happen when they met her? Well, I, I don't know. But she's basically catfished uh, the South Australian Department of Premier and Cabinet. And oh, I'm dumb enough to believe it. Yep. So she's, she's made all these, these lies. Uh, and then she started the position in August. Um, and after starting the position, She then went on to hire her brother. Uh, Who also supposedly. Nice, I like it. Yep, yep. And he was also found to be completely lacking in uh, qualifications relevant for the role. Um, So, yeah, she got in there through dishonest means, uh, hired her brother, and she actually worked there for over a month. Uh, A
1: whole month before they realized she wasn't Kate Upton. Yep. She must be like a really good con artist. (laughs) Yeah. She just must be convincing. Oh, yeah.
0: So she earned uh, $35,000 uh, on the, the taxpayer purse during that month um, before people realised something was wrong uh, and that she wasn't actually qualified at all to be the chief information officer. So they investigated and dug a little deeper, I guess. Okay. They dug a little deeper. Sure. Uh, basically, when she had been called out, she pled guilty and she's received a 25 month jail sentence with a non parole period of one year. Why? Because it's fraud. It's fraud, yeah. She's. She's, you know, okay, yeah, been fraudulent. She's, uh, yeah, stolen. I guess if you lie about your education, but lying
1: about your experience is not like fraud, because. What do you mean, Phil? Please
0: explain. (laughs) Look,
1: I don't do this. I'm very honest, overly honest on my resumes. That's why I probably don't get any good jobs. Ah, no, I'm joking. And uh, like if she's writing on there, oh, I have experience like with dealing with stakeholders or whatever you know you can say something generic like that and yeah everyone's had experience with that or like oh yeah i've had experience with databases you can like sit in an area where people you know write database code and stuff (laughs) so maybe you don't have direct experience using it but you can say yeah i've been in a team that does it or whatever you know you can fake a lot of you can make it look like a lot of your experiences are relevant
0: yeah, I, yeah, I, I see what you mean, and I, I think you can. Uh, there's, Without there's, lying, yeah. There, yeah, but I think there's a big difference between talking up your skills and you know presenting your experience in a positive, exaggerated way, versus just completely. Uh, writing a piece of fiction on your resume um, yeah. okay. and bullshooting your way into a $300,000 job. Um,
1: I just don't get how long she... I mean, did she just think,
0: oh, yeah, I'll just be able to hold
1: this down for a few weeks, get some sweet pay, and then I'll get fired and whatever. It'll be all good. Is that what she thought? Or who knows? Who knows what her game plan was. It's um, a good game plan. Yeah. Maybe she's just really... Uh, a huge ego, like, really you know, has faith in herself to hold the job out as yeah. a CIO of a fucking company.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. And one one other fact I have for you is that uh, she was actually previously found guilty of doing a similar thing uh, two other times. So in 2012 oh, okay, okay. and 2014. Yeah. Uh, so mm. she's a serial offender.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of doubly triggered here like by how dumb she is to think that she can get away with it. And then also that the recruiters would... It just points out how bad recruiting is. Did you purposely personalise this article because I hate recruiters? They're like so, they're so behind and they never know who they're recruiting
0: for. Well, the uh, aim of the game yeah. is to trigger you and uh, <laughs> yep, I think that definitely <laughs> play a part in my choice. Uh, so yeah, two going on there. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: the catfishing, like using a fake photo, that's full on fraud and that's just not cool and uh, also the um, the... the Pretending to be someone else, like on the phone, that's fraud and fraud. But people in their resumes, they're lying all the time, and it's like acceptable. You know, people banging on about the experience mm. they've all the teams they've been in, when really they've got no experience at all. All my managers throughout the public service have pretty much been like that. <laughs>
0: well, there you go. And I, I yeah, I, I agree with that totally. And I think, um, I think it shows that there are a huge flaw. There are huge flaws in the um, in the interview recruiting. process yeah. and recruiting process more broadly. Yeah, the fact that someone has absolutely no expertise can get through an interview through just charisma just shit, yeah. and yeah <laughs> and, and talking out of their ass uh that's a big problem uh mm-hmm. the, and it's yeah it's not not an easy one to to fix i guess but um but yeah i think i think it's just, yeah it's a sy- systemic problem more broadly that uh people who are very good at talking shit and are very good at presenting themselves yeah. uh yeah. get yeah, get, get hired over people who are actually probably technically a thousand times better.
1: Yeah, well, I hope it's a wake-up call to the government because, like, that's obviously why uh, government IT systems are so shit. They're hiring CIOs that don't know what they're doing or aren't good enough. I've even heard a CIO say, I'm not very technical, but, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's a fucking the chief information officer. They're meant to know. They're meant to be technical background or just know a lot of stuff, at least, I think. That's my opinion. Anyway, yep. I'm triggered. I'm going to say, yeah, I
0: personalized topic so it's a nine from me
1: oh particularly
0: hate recruiters yep Congrats. i'm glad i can get you up to a nine um still chasing that elusive 10 we'll get there <laughs> yeah for me i i, I agree i uh, yeah very similar view to you um just the the kate upton linkedin profile photo just really hit me sweet on that that trick to <laughs> to sweet spot um so yeah I, i'll give it a nine as well yeah nice nine out of ten thanks for coming Trigger me timbers, I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers, trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers,
1: trigger me timbers. Alright, well, I've got something for you. Another personalised one. I've thought about the things you like and things you don't like. Hit me with your best shot. science is a big one for you. Uh, tell me, do you think animals... Have a magic ability to detect things about you, such as whether or not you have cancer.
0: <laughs> oh, um, no, no. Uh, and I've I've heard similar myths uh, and myths around how yeah, animals can sense uh, you know changes in the weather and things like that. There's probably more more to, more to that than than the the the, the former. But um, keen to hear keen to hear what this is all about.
1: All right, I think this was from the Guardian. It's called uh, "Animal Magic: How My Pet Saved Me." So there's five, it's a case study on five individuals in their relationship with their pet So there's a dog, a cat, an iguana, blah, blah, blah And um, three of them are actually pretty legit, I reckon Like really helps them kind of get through tough times and stuff, mental health issues, blah, blah, blah yep. Anyway, so this one starts off really positive This lady, Kate, she's a 49-year-old journalist She starts by uh, getting adopting a dog and putting herself on pet eternity leave for a week <laughs> To get to know it and introduce it to her home so it was positive for her, and I agree, uh, because it encourages herself to go home to something and not stay out on long destructive benders. Now I don't know why you wouldn't want to go out and stay out on long destructive benders; they're enjoyable. But uh, <laughs> I know that's a favorite pastime of yours.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the next one though gets a little bit, little bit more crazy. My cat alerted to me to cancer cells in my breast. Angela Tinning. I'll just point out that, oh. that is a great. Certain slash verb, tinning, just tinning with Missy the cat. Um, she's a 46-year-old finance manager from Newcastle. She'd get up on my lap and nudge her head there and start following me around everywhere and was pointing, like with her paws, at the um, cancer in her, in her breast. Right. Uh, and she, and the cat, Missy the cat, was not like that with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps because you're the owner, obviously. Um, so I did a little fact checking, and there's an article titled with scientific uh, sources uh, titled "No Cats Did Not Smell Your Cancer." And I read through that, and sounds like it's a pseudoscience, it's a myth. I thought I'd double check. But <laughs> it's good to funnily, do your due diligence. But funnily enough, dogs um, can, but they have to be trained, and like they can just pick up scents from, um, you know, like bowel cancer. They can pick up scents, But I mean, we could probably do that too if we tried. <laughs> uh, your bowels have changed and
0: I'm, get some I'm, sense coming out. I'm personally not looking for a career change in that <laughs> in that area.
1: But. Yeah, um, you already do that with your boss, basically though. But <laughs> um, yeah. then the next guy was uh Ben and he's a iguana biggie. I uh, helped him through his mental health and losing his job and um and his girlfriend, and he lost his home because because of, of losing his job. Um, and he says my family and friends eventually became sick of me i felt like biggie the iguana was the only being not giving me grief and i just felt this closeness to him no landlords wanted to take us in and i was left homeless i spent three months living on mum's sofa paying friends to look after biggie not even his mum wanted to take biggie on into the house Oh, poor biggie. iguanas are a, are a pest i don't know they destroy things I they're, they're pretty big but i can't imagine they'd be worse than a
0: child um, My only knowledge comes from uh, Selma in The Simpsons and uh, Patty and oh. Selma's pet iguana, Jub-Jub. Jub-Jub.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, it wasn't really well-researched. I didn't even look into that at all. <laughs> uh, he's basically just saying that he feels comfort from this lizard. And, I mean, the burden. He's, he's going out of his way every day, travelling to his friend's house to see and hang out with his pet iguana. <laughs> his friend must think he's crazy. That's why he lost all his friends. So, basically, there's other ones that are positive, like mental health problems, trauma problems. Yeah, they it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but is a sense of comfort always healthier? Is what I want to know. Um, mm. Are these people living like avoiding their lives and going full, you know, living under a hermit sort of thing, just hanging out with their pets? Is that unhealthy? Are they self medicating?
0: Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, it's interesting. Um, I th- I think uh, th- there's a lot of merit to um to to like you said the the cases that are yeah people who are lonely or have mental health issues have uh, you know for example um, therapy support dogs like that's a kind mm. of a common thing um, that's been proven to be successful yeah um, and I think yeah it's probably more about uh, yeah I imagine a lot, a lot of the benefit would be about giving people a sense of purpose and and uh, and I guess yeah in some ways it is a distraction from from the you know other things that are going on in their life that aren't so good but um, yeah, I think it's a great, a great yeah, thing. Surely, um,
1: it's got to be diagnosed and like prescribed and properly managed yeah. by a psychologist, yeah. though.
0: Uh, yeah, that I totally agree with you there. I think, yeah, um, I agree that yeah, self self diagnosis and self medicating is probably not the best option. Um, yeah. yeah, if it's recommended by a psychologist, then that's great. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be used in in place of other uh, other measures that a psychologist might recommend for you to, to take. So you should. Um, you shouldn't just go. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling really sad. I've got all these mental health issues. I'm going to get a iguana. Um, you should probably first go to an expert. see biggie, an expert opinion. Biggie. Yeah. Biggie. <laughs> and they might they might recommend you that you have a, a nice little iguana called Biggie. I, I think that's great. Um, yeah. In ter- but in terms of like uh, the other other example you gave, the um, Missy Missy the cat uh, sniffing out the, the cancerous tissue. I'm, I was very, very sceptical initially um, until you talked about the fact that dogs can do that or they can be trained.
1: They can pick up a scent of a change in something. Right. and like yeah. They can pick up certain cancers, but not all. They can pick up the scent and they have to be trained to do it. Otherwise, they would just sit around and smell it and like think nothing of it. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, okay, yeah. So it's not just any, any animal would, that would react. They would have to be specifically trained to react to that. Yeah, just like yeah. The drug
1: dogs. They can pick up a scent of change in your body. And yep, it could just yep. be a hormonal change, anyway. Like it could be
0: or some yeah, kind of change. Yeah, We ate something different. Could the cat have noticed like a physical lump or something? Is that um, was that part of the story? I have lumps or? all over my body. Maybe <laughs> I
1: should go to a doctor.
0: <laughs> I think you should go to a cat. Um, maybe you can go and visit <laughs> Missy, <laughs> Miss Doctor Missy. <laughs> but yeah, no. Meow. I, 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 yeah, I think mostly uh, it, it, it. Yeah, it strikes me as quite unscientific uh, and I think unless unless your dog uh, drags you from a burning building uh, it probably hasn't saved your life
1: uh, yeah well yeah I mean it just as well I worry about my relationship with my dog but he doesn't keep me in I think I'm out more and neglecting him more than I'm in <laughs> hanging out with him you know but it, yeah. it is true like that first lady gives something to come home to and not go out on destructive vendors I think yeah. it's good yeah but at the same time it can be destructive it can be destructive financially if get if he gets sick yep. yep Um, and I need to fucking pay for some surgery or medication um, I think you need to be... Well, it's not even being selfish. I think it's being selfish to pay for that. Because there's other sick dogs that are put down. You should... Like healthy ones. Sorry, there's healthy dogs that are put down. Yeah. You should give it a swopsy. Put that motherfucker down that needs surgery. <laughs> and go and adopt another one that is healthy. That's my thoughts. But I'm ruthless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I um, hope Henry... Don't cost me money, Henry. <laughs> I hope Henry make... isn't listening to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, 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 I'd I, say uh, overall... um. Yeah, I think it's a great yeah, great great thing if people can get comfort uh, from le- these animals. But um, but yeah, I think I agree. There's a danger in using that over, an over reliance on that as a tool um, in substitute of other things. And I could see how it could become unhealthy if people just you know if you've just become obsessed with looking after uh, biggie the iguana rather than actually <laughs> interacting with people socially. Um, yeah, yeah so you've got to have a healthy balance. Yeah, true. All
1: right, well, <clears throat> are you triggered about just... Let's just focus on the cancer one because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm personally just triggered by uh, people thinking that the animals
0: are magic. The, the, the article is called Animal Magic. 100%. Yeah, love animals, but, uh, yeah, magic ain't real, bro. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> All
1: right, what do you give it out of 10?
0: Uh. Well, I, I think... Uh, yeah parts of the article very triggering uh yeah the pseudoscience the magic um but other parts just make me feel warm and fuzzy inside i kind of i feel like i actually want an iguana called biggie now um so overall not too triggering for me i'm gonna have to give you a five this week oh fuck (laughs) better luck next time
1: yeah better luck next time i'm gonna focus i think on weddings and marriage news because i know (laughs) that will get you going (laughs) what do you got for me
0: Oh, what's your rating first? first. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a um, yeah seven and a half.
0: Nice, yeah. Trigger me ten, I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers,
1: trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers, trigger me timbers.
0: All right, can I hear uh, what you got next for me? Yes, yeah, and so this, this next story actually, um, it links quite nicely, I think, to, to this one. It's a, an issue I've heard you talk about in the past as well. Yeah, this one, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's a bit more serious, I guess, in some ways, but um, basically the, so it's an article on the ABC uh, ABC website uh, titled The Four Loneliest Types of People in Australia. Um, well, so, focus on mental health today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, basically there was a survey uh, called the Australia Talks Project. Oh, yeah, yeah. ABC? Uh, yeah, so ABC ran that survey. They interviewed more than 50,000 people. Aussies, uh, they talked about a whole range of things in the survey, but this nice. particular article, article focuses on the question, are you lonely? Uh, and the results were quite um, quite striking.
1: No, I think I know what you're going to say. Okay, yeah. yes, It's about Pauline Hansen's voters. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, keep going. Yeah, is yeah. yeah <laughs> I agree.
0: Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it turns out that uh, half of the participants, 54%, Reported that they feel rarely or never lonely, so in other words, basically half half of the people who responded basically say that they feel lonely um, a fair fair amount of the time, which I think is quite. They need an animal. Quite a nano. They need biggie. That's right. That's right. Clearly, clearly they need a little uh, little doggo or iguana. But um, yeah, so uh, the article talks about uh, how. As, as well as the prevalence of loneliness, the kind of the, the real uh, damage of loneliness and the, the danger of, of, of being lonely. So um, they did a meta-analysis of 150 studies on loneliness. And actually, this is something I found very triggering. So they found that um, that loneliness increases the risk of death more than poor diet, obesity, alcohol consumption, and lack of exercise, and that it is equally as harmful as heavy smoking to your health. No way. Yeah. Really? Yep. Uh, sure. And they found that uh, the quality of social connections a person has is actually four times more important a predictor of retirees' physical and mental health than the state of their finances.
1: No, nah, I don't believe it. No.
0: <laughs> I'll have to uh, send you the link to these meta-analyses. And you can... Anyway, the article uh, then looks at four uh, specific sections of the community that were highlighted as being particularly lonely. Uh and offers kind of a little bit of an explanation but um yeah I found some of these quite some of these make sense some of them quite surprising. So um firstly it turns out that uh that young people are actually far more lonely than older people. So the the stereotype that um you know that a lot, yeah you young think of like, people Yeah young yeah. connected people and then you think of an old old, uh, lonely man uh, sitting in his rocking chair in the corner of the room by himself, it's not really uh, borne out in the evidence here. So um, among people yeah. aged 18 to 24, 32% said that they were rarely or never lonely, um, and 30% said they felt lonely frequently or always. Well, hey. um, So that's pretty, that's pretty significant given that they interviewed 50,000 people. Um, and this is very different to older people. So over, so seventy-one percent of older people said that they rarely or never feel lonely. Forty-eight, sorry, seventy-one percent. So they were rarely or never oh, lonely. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I thought that was that was a huge, huge finding. Um, okay. And as a, as a young person, quite triggering. Um, I'll quickly rail through these other groups and then love to hear your your thoughts here, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, second group uh, of people who are particularly lonely are inner city dwellers so inner city folk just don't get it <laughs> that's right so yeah it turns out the country folk actually uh have it better than than you think in terms of uh their social connections and, and loneliness levels um and yeah it, go, it goes you know pretty counter i guess to the to the um yeah the, the the narrative that you hear around uh the plight of people who are physically remote or geographically remote turns out they actually are less Feel less lonely anyway in this survey um, than in the city dwellers. Next uh, g- group of people, uh, which yeah, this this caught my eye, um, and it's what you alluded to. So, one nation voters supposedly are much more lonely. They report disproportionately very high levels of loneliness uh, than other people. So, nearly one in ten of Pauline Hansen's followers report being lonely always. Um, and that's compared to two percent for the rest of the population. Yeah, so I think there's some interesting conclusions you can draw about that. Yeah, that's huge, that. um, Whether it's uh, disenfranchised
1: people, right? They're just yeah, like, lonely, hate society, feel isolated. They want to vote alternate votes. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and it, yeah, kind of yeah, begs the question. Uh, you know, are people who are really lonely, uh, yeah, like you say, drawn to these alternative views uh, because they're lonely or to people who have these kind of oh, crazy yeah. extreme Chicken views rag. get shunned by broader society and become lonely because of it. Um, probably a combination of both, I would suspect. Um, and the last yeah. group is uh, this. This is less surprising to me, but um, people on low incomes are much, much more, um, much more lonely. Uh, and the triggering part is just how stark it actually is. So um, they said that 21% of people who earn less than $600 a week feel lonely frequently or always. Um, and for people who own more, like, so rich people, um, yeah. the figure is, is uh, about a third of that. So it's suggesting that, yeah, really really, really low-income people are basically three times as likely to feel really lonely um, all the time than rich people, which is, I think, very sad.
1: Yeah, and, it makes sense, though. If, yeah. If you're, like, uh, just constantly looking for work or looking for money, all the time, you don't have time to go and uh, foster relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stress with money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So makes that makes sense to me. Sort out your money first. Yeah, but if you're sitting sitting at home by yourself, uh, yeah. you know, counting counting your coins on your on your desk, uh, you're not you're not gonna. Oh, sorry, I'm just counting my coins. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not gonna be as uh, as healthy and happy as uh, as somebody who has stronger social connections done that or okay so i guess say you have traditionally set up
1: your finances got financially stable but maybe you're still living alone uh rather than share housing should share house <laughs> um or like playing team sports or i guess if you're old, just like going to a bridge club or something i don't know what the fuck yeah. the old people do some kind of lawn bowls. yeah there you go golf yeah so doing that sort of stuff if you haven't if you sort out your finances but you're not doing those things well i don't know what, what you're doing <laughs> why that's a great point. Yeah, when you sort of that stuff out, I think finances come first, that's all, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, well, yeah, and obviously, yeah, as, as, we, as the data shows, uh, yeah, finances are very important. It's a very important aspect. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder if, uh, like, because you, yeah, you, you touched on um, uh, having uh, different hobbies uh, and, you know, like your living situation has a big impact, but also, um, yeah, ha- being involved in a community of some kind, so yeah. like the sporting or community club. Yeah. or club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder if that's uh, that's part of the uh, cause of these trends and, and the fact that loneliness is getting worse over time. It seems um, if you know those uh, you know traditional and this might trigger you, but you know those kind of traditional places where people would um, would uh, you know have social connections. Dare I say, like church um, are uh, you know they're, they're they're probably becoming less and less relevant in modern society, and uh, and I, I think. Uh, the inner city dwelling statistics speak for themselves in that, um, yeah, people are becoming less connected to their neighbors and you know, like probably more likely to just be, yeah, um, yeah, be living in apartments, isolated, not having any connections to, to the outside world. Um, and it links to one of our um, previous episodes where we talked about, um, screen time? sorry, screen time, yes, exactly, oh, okay, right. yeah, it's so screen time, so, yeah. And this is this is me just making my wild hypothesis yeah, yeah, now, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, the fact that young people are really lonely, um, I think a huge part of it is uh, yeah, over-reliance on screens, on social media.
1: But if they're socializing on their phones the whole time, they're not bloody lonely, are they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, is that is that real socializing? Uh... No,
1: I've, I've just recently read about this. So um, uh, the physiological uh, parts of interacting are actually huge and underestimated at the moment. So um, psychologists want to push people to physically interact, you know, the touch, smell, and just the physical presence... You could say the energy in the room when you're around a friend. <laughs> the energy and spirit you feel, you I don't know, but there's the physiological presence of them around you, you can smell them, you can hear them, mm. like the audio, the visual, there's all those sensory things is um, huge and that's what people are missing out on and making them unhappy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because they're just like doing the socializing on their screen or whatever instead.
0: So until we have virtual reality with uh, smell-o-vision. Smell-o-vision. And, uh, you know, and uh, autonomous robots that can hug us and uh, you know, that's what you want we're in trouble
1: um, but then the Sorry. rural thing the inner city, mm. city dwellers don't have to learn how to be social because they're around so many people like as in country people they're forced to learn how to be social because they get few interactions maybe if they're, if they're really mm. rural like on, isolated on a farm um, but they, yeah, they obviously know about like loneliness and isolation and small populations, like small communities, is, uh, it's always in your face, like loneliness, so mm. they're actually forced to learn how to engage and have meaningful relationships with people. In the city, because you're surrounded by people all the time, and it's so easy to just passively um, socialize and passively make friends and have relationships, mm. just like what you do with share housing. That's why I think share housing is so good. You don't actually have to turn up and do anything good. You're just, you just there uh, and passively socializing and not being lonely. Yeah. Uh, same with being a team sport. You just have to turn up, like you don't have to, have to train or think or you just turn up and then passively socialize and, and not lonely. Yeah.
0: Um, and is it the same as having a pet iguana? Yeah, but if you <laughs> You come home and your iguana is just there waiting for you. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: And then when that iguana dies before you do, you're. What are you going to do then? You're going to be emotionally wrecked. Then you have to get two iguanas. And then you've just got to pay thousands of dollars a month for its medication. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. <laughs> so i was saying yeah so the our country people they learn how to um learn how to actually interact whereas city people don't do it because they just think oh, i'll just get it passively tomorrow at work you know uh whatever on the street but nowadays like everything's everyone's so independent you know you have your own car you got your own booth at work um you know you got all well, everyone's so independent like you own all your own things you don't share anything um so you, there's no way to like there's less ways to interact passively mm. so i think that's what's now people basically in our new day and age of independence and everyone owning their own shit um, you just have to f- learn like the country people learn how to be social and act- actively try and do it or position your lifestyle like have share houses and be on team sports mm. to passively do it
0: yeah, mm. yeah um, I agree
1: so people just have to learn now 50 years ago they didn't have to learn they just did it
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. by coincidental interaction yep no
0: I like it self service
1: checkouts no interaction
0: <laughs> <laughs> and less jobs less <laughs> jobs for our young people <laughs> and Netflix kids these days don't go to the movie theater like they used to they just sit at home oh, as spray. if that's bloody interactive <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the most socially isolating thing you can do out in public The movies after um, swimming having your head down underwater the whole time yes such yep. a social sport <laughs> alright so, right,
0: so our conclusions are
1: um, I'm triggered yeah I mean yeah the loneliness stuff it's quite triggering that people don't help mm. themselves. They just compl- well, I mean, this is just a survey, so they're not complaining about being lonely. They've just said that they feel lonely. Mm. Um, but if you're really lonely and like can't deal with it, I think they should be thinking about these things: share housing, team team things, sports, community as well. Yeah. Yep.
0: So what what score are you giving giving this bad boy on the trigger scale?
1: Yeah. Well, that annoys me. So I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. Nice. I yeah.
0: want uh, people
1: to sort their shit out.
0: Yep. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, it's uh, I was yeah very triggered by the uh by how severe the actual health impacts are of yeah. being lonely. I didn't I had no idea about that. And also very triggered by the just extreme prevalence in Australia and uh and in each of those subgroups. So yep, yeah, let's let's go with the I'm gonna go with an 8.5. Very, very triggered. Trigger me 10, I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers
1: nice nice. right. right. well thanks
0: Philly what do you got for us last i got
1: your last little one it's to do with Christmas getting the festive spirit oh no I'm already triggered I'm already triggered do you like gift giving do you like Christmas Um, do you like Santa do you like Jesus
0: (laughs) the answer to most of those questions is no Uh, I'll let you figure out which ones
1: ah no boy over here
0: welcome uh, okay, so this
1: uh, one is from The Conversation. Um, it sources a whole bunch of research and stuff. Uh, from, it's written by an economist from Boston Uni. He, um, yeah, he just researches gift giving. Uh, and he says, uh, the article's called How to Pick the Right Amount to Spend on Holiday uh, Gifts. Holiday Gifts, fuck. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> it's, titled, it's titled How to Pick the Right Amount to Spend on Holiday Gifts. Uh, Americans will spend about 15 hours shopping... And women will do twice as much as men. And they shell out about $1 trillion on gifts. That's US dollars. This is all US study, basically. Uh, Spending too much can put you into financial distress, but spending too little can make you look cheap. So it's a hard balance, right? I know you
0: struggle with that one, Phil. (laughs) You're so
1: materialistic. I don't want to look cheap when I give someone a piece of paper saying Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so 61% of Americans claim getting an unwanted gift. And uh, there's other research saying that this year, they expect $15 billion, This is all US dollars. $15 billion of unwanted gifts will be bought this Christmas. So uh, that's split into thirds. So one third of it, $5 billion is kept. Even though it's unwanted, they just keep it in their cupboard. $5 billion is re-gifted. Another third is re-gifted. Uh, probably to be um, unwanted
0: again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, and the cycle continues. Uh, and then another $4.5 billion is exchanged at the store or sold. Uh, those little... There's little hustlers, good on them. Um, and then $500 million is given back or thrown away. Um, so the experts on gift giving say that there is evidence that a gift, even when technically unwanted, it could have more value simply because someone else bought it for you. It's just a nice warm feeling you have inside of getting some junk from someone. Um, and it recommends that you should do Secret Santa or just give gifts, gifts to kids uh, only, not the adults. And uh, aim for 1% of your income. Uh, personally I think that's a fucking lot of money. Don't aim for one percent of
0: your income. one um, percent of your income? That's yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's huge. Well Well we're actually high depends income. how much money you're at. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're out of touch with we're the common out of man. Touch. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> you're at one percent of your income, Hubert, that's like eight grand, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's more like fifty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um This is why economists are not known for being rich. You're giving out advice <laughs> like this, one percent of your income. So yeah, what do you think about that? You tell me and then I'll give you my opinion. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, it's... Uh, as an economist, I've, I've heard this uh, joke made many times around Christmas that it's an incredibly... Gift-giving is an incredibly economically inefficient practice yeah. because you're giving somebody uh, something without full information on what their preferences are. And if you had, as a, as a dusty old economist would tell you, if you gave that person money, the value yeah. of that gift in money, they would be able to purchase the item that gave them the highest marginal utility or satisfaction. Um, I'm not that uh, much of a Grinch because I also acknowledge that, um, like, like you mentioned, that uh, it's the thought that counts often. and that yeah. um, It's not just about the gift. It's about it's, it's, you know, the act of gift giving shows that you've put some thought into what the other person that likes and, and that you care. Exactly. You know something if about If it's an obligation, then, it, then you don't get any of those. Yeah, well, that, that, that can be true. Because, like, I, like I, I do, you know, like, it is a cultural norm, and, and you know, I, I certainly feel obliged to, to give gifts to, um, you know, family and friends at Christmas. But then, at the same time, even though it's an obligation, I still put time and effort into thinking about what they would like, and, yeah. and I do get satisfaction about it. If you from, find a good gift. Yeah,
1: yeah. How often do you find a good gift for someone that they're going to use or like?
0: Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I think I, my gift-giving uh, habits have changed over, over time and probably especially recently in particular. Uh, yeah, in the past, I would be more um, tempted to, to just yeah, buy someone a, a physical gift, um, whatever I could find, uh, you know, and, and, yeah, often often um, would be something that they probably, they might find funny and then not use and, and, uh, and yeah. you know, and it's, it's incredibly wasteful. So, yeah. Um, I, I've realized that, um, you know, kind of from, uh, you know, from an enjoyment perspective and, and from a, uh, you know, environmental perspective as well, um, that it's actually much better to give people uh, meaningful gifts. Or and, gift cards, they can choose. And, yeah. And for me, I've, I've uh, started giving experiences, I think, a lot more as, as, as gifts. So, as, as in like buying people tickets to um to a to an event or a show or something yeah. um that i know they're going to enjoy uh rather than just getting them some shitty trinket that they're going to throw out um or they might use once or twice and then and then never again um so yeah so i, I think uh, yeah that i'm very triggered by like the, those statistics about the share of people's income that they're, that they're burning uh and and the amount of gifts 61% being unwanted is huge and the, the amount of waste just unnecessary waste that comes from that is, is, is madness. Um, so yeah, give, give meaningful gifts and, and give experiences is my, what I've learned over What
1: about just doing Secret Santa though? Everyone just buys one gift. I'm literally spending $10 this Christmas on a Secret Santa gift.
0: Yeah. Well, I learned the hard way that even that system has flaws uh, at a, uh, at a my, so my extended family does a similar thing where everyone buys one gift and it's all anonymous and people kind of swap, can, yeah. can pick and swap them around. And uh, two years ago, uh, somebody had purchased a uh, a hot dog maker, um, which is like just this yeah, shitty looking, you know, like plasticky, like just terrible gift that, like, you know, nobody wanted. A hot
1: dog, you're supposed to use like pig guts to make hot dogs. So you're supposed to bring home pig guts and hoofs and put it in this machine. I, I didn't look at the
0: details to be honest, I really didn't, didn't want a piece of this I gift. I was just a
1: boiler, like you boil hot dogs in just boiling water, you don't a machine. I right.
0: think it was more like the latter, yeah. Um, absolutely useless <laughs> oh, piece of shit. And the hilarious thing was that my my sister ended up with it, and then uh, her revenge was that um, she kept it for the pre, for the following year and then put it back into the, the pool um, of gifts as yeah, her nah, contribution, uh, which everybody Savvy. found quite amusing. And the person who the person who originally provided it never owned up because uh, they were oh, too embarrassed. Holy
1: shit, that is so funny. You are definitely from a family of economists. <laughs> I think we should just quit gifts altogether. It's just stressful. I've personally had experience. I bought someone an ice cream maker last Christmas for our oh. for our Secret Santa. So just hearing about you laugh about the hot dog maker makes me feel guilty even more. <laughs> I just suck at it. It's constantly pressure. You're constantly like, oh, this is a shit gift
0: yeah well I mean another thing is that I've I, I really like uh, practical gifts as well yeah. so um, <clears throat> so I think if you can if you can think about what somebody needs and you think of something they're definitely going to use then that that's that's ideal um, and then my go-to is if you can't think of anything like that then just get them something that, that is universally liked so get them Get them some, like, you know, a nice bottle of wine or, like, a box of chocolates or something. You know, like, they're they're guaranteed to use and they're guaranteed to get satisfaction from. That would be my tip for you, Phil, if you're struggling.
1: I'll get you a Nutella here, but... Well, no,
0: I don't eat Nutella because uh, I've discovered that they use excessive palm oil uh, in that product. Uh, Yeah, palm oil is
1: good for you. Not good
0: for the environment, (laughs) no, my friend. (laughs) And think of the orangutans. The
1: orangutans. Yeah, true.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, what do you give it? Hit me. Very triggered. Also, I f- yeah, I forgot to mention the um, yeah, the I thought it was very interesting. The stat that um, that women spend twice as much. Yeah. Um, that's, and, and I suspect that's probably a lot to do with um, just outdated, uh, you know, social gender roles and yeah. social ex- expectations. Um, so like, yeah, I know it's definitely true with my my parents that um that yeah 99 times out of 100 the um growing up i'm sure the christmas gifts that were given to the kids were were selected and purchased by my mom yeah. uh, rather than my dad um, and i think that's probably the norm for a lot of a lot of people um okay so yeah very triggering as well but yeah Is that
1: why maybe we don't like giving gifts we just want to
0: play our lazy gender role <laughs> i'd hate to think that would be the case but maybe maybe deep down that's what's influencing us um mm-hmm. If that's the case, then
1: I'll just be sexist, I suppose, because <laughs> I really just don't want to fucking give gifts. It's so annoying. Uh, all right. Well, I'm triggered more than you. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a bloody eight and a half.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm very triggered. I'm okay. very triggered. Yeah. Be, sp- the, yeah. The quantity of money being spent and the, the waste. Um. Just the uh, unnecessary uh you know over over commercialization waste. of it, the whole the whole thing and yeah all that money. Absolutely terrible. Um I'm gonna go a nine actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna do your very triggered. Oh well, hey. and yeah. And I just hate Christmas in general, so you already had me play. wild up. <laughs> you about the Grinch uh, I love it. Alright, well I'm I do not know about you, Phil, but I'm I'm getting quite sleepy and I think I'm, I'm uh, ready to go to bed. Well I hope you have a good sleep tonight. Good night, mate. <laughs> good night. Good night to you and good night to the listener. Trigger me tent I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers. Trig me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers. Yeah, just wanted to give a huge thanks to the people that have been giving us feedback already. We've yeah. had some really positive feedback, um, and you know we're, we're both very new to this podcast game, uh, still learning. So any mm. any feedback and advice, uh, you know, it's really useful. Um, we appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Also, if you catch me saying Hubert's real name, can you point it out so we'll edit over it? Like. We'll retract the podcast and fix it up. Wait, I
0: thought Hubert was my real name.
1: <laughs> we're going to edit in every time i said Hubert's real name we're going to be like it's <laughs> and it's going to be a harmonica instead.
0: So I love you know,
1: it. I've given it away.
0: That'll be our censored noise. Excellent. And uh, yeah, don't don't forget to uh, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> we don't need subscribers Fuck that shit. Yeah. Just if you want to stay up to date um, give us a don't forget to yeah. smash that five star button as well. Just send
1: us a little donation, my bank account details are really would appreciate some money so I can quit work. <laughs> retire young. Uh.